Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Endeavor Silver Second Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then 1 on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and 0. I would now like to turn the conference over to Galena Melliger, Director of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Endeavor Silver 2020 Second Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. With me on the line today, we have the company's Chief Executive Officer, Bradford Cook, our Chief Financial Officer, Dan Dixon, and our Chief Operating Officer, Godfrey Walton. Before we get started, I'm required to remind you that certain statements on today's call will contain forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable securities laws. These may include statements regarding regarding Endeavor's anticipated performance in 2020 and future years, including revenue and cost figures, silver and gold production, grades and recoveries, and the timing and expenditures required to develop new silver mines and mineralized zones. We do not intend to and do not assume any obligation to update such forward-looking information other than as required by applicable law. On behalf of Endeavor Silver, I'd like to thank you again for joining our call, and I'll now turn it over to our CEO, Bradford Cook. Great. Thank you, Galena, and welcome, everybody, to this uh, financial results for the second quarter conference call. Uh, We had a lot of challenges thrown at us during the second quarter, not the least of which was the COVID-19 pandemic, the government-mandated shutdown of uh, mines in Mexico since reopened, and uh, all the issues related to that. Uh, I am pleased to report that notwithstanding all of that, um, Endeavor was actually uh, able to deliver a decent quarter. Uh, We reduced our net loss quarter on quarter. Uh, Each mine generated positive mine-free cash flow. And that was generally uh, due to the, the uh, not only the uh, higher metal, uh, precious metal prices, but uh, our improved operating performance across the three mines. So I'm just going to go through the highlights of today's news release, uh, and then we'll open it up for Q&A. <coughs> uh, top line uh, revenue was $20.2 million in the second quarter. And of course, with reduced production, uh, that was uh, quite an accomplishment. Uh, our cash flow came in at $1.9 million before, uh, sorry, that's from operations before working capital changes. Net income was a loss of $3.3 million or two cents per share, but virtually all of that could be found in the care and maintenance costs during the mine suspension period when we actually had to send our employees home on their uh, uh, full wages um, and wait out the suspension period and also in uh, general administrative costs related to the mark-to-market of our deferred share units uh, due to the higher share price. So um, balance sheet improved during the quarter, 
Uh, we finished the quarter with more than 30 million cash and more than 44 million working capital. That was partly due to um, making use of our ATM equity financing, but also due to the performance of the operations. Metal production, as a reminder, was uh, just shy of 600,000 ounces silver and uh, 6,000 ounces of gold. That works out to about 1.1 million ounces of silver equivalents at the now 80 to 1 silver gold ratio. Operating costs improved significantly during the quarter. Cash costs were down to $2.78 per ounce net of the gold credit. And the all-in sustaining costs consolidated uh, were $14.91 per ounce of payable silver net of the gold credit. Uh, both were uh, substantially lower quarter-on-quarter quarter and year-on-year, year, again due to the improved operating performance at Guana and the uh, high realized, higher realized gold price for the uh, byproduct credit. Guana uh, continues to outperform. Uh, if you recall, we uh, launched uh, over a year ago uh, a complete clean sweep uh, of the operations, uh, operating turnaround, and a transitioning from mining deep low-grade ore bodies to uh, opening new higher-grade ore bodies. That transition was completed in January. As a result, uh, in Q2, Guanosfi continued to generate uh, mine-free cash flow of around $2.7 million. And we saw higher processed tons, uh, higher silver and gold grades, higher silver and gold recoveries, uh, all well above plan. Uh, we also had an advantage at Guanasvi when we did the restart in May in that we'd had uh, not only a significant high-grade stockpile built up prior to shutdown, uh, but we had prepared some long-hole stopes for blasting prior to shutdown. And that really expedited both a, an early plant restart and uh, a, a on-time mine restart. Uh, Bolanitos, uh, still turning the corner as forecasted. The Operating turnaround there was launched uh, uh, not even a year ago, uh, but it also was able to squeak out a small profit on a mine-free cash flow basis. And uh, its restart was slower because of a smaller stockpile and a more of a focus on accelerating the mine development and grade control during the ramp-up period, the restart period. El Compass was also able to generate free cash flow uh, with mine-free cash flow at $1.1 million. Its restart was also slower than Guanosvi, again due to a smaller stockpile and the focus on mine development and grade control. And last but not least, uh, we did rev up the exploration drills again in uh, late May uh, after a shutdown in early April. And we did enjoy um, continued exploration, positive exploration drill results from the El Curso area at Guanosvi and the Mayadito area at Bolanitos. Um, we're actually mining the El Curso area now, and they continue to grow the resources there. And uh, we're um, currently developing towards the Mayadito area, and we we'll hope to be in it here in Q3, Q4 for production. So that's basically a summary of our Q2 operational and financial performance. I think now um, we might as well open this up for Q&A. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then 1 on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then 2. Once again, to join the question queue, please press star, then 1 now. 
Our first question comes from Heiko Ile of H.C. Wainwright. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. This is uh, Marcus Cheney calling in for Heiko. Thanks for taking our questions, and congrats on the quarter. I made some pretty strong moves in the silver prices recently. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so you meaningfully improved operations at Guana City, as the mine seems to be running quite well, and it's nice to see all the progress that's been made. Uh, we're currently in August, so there's about five months left in 2020. Could you just provide some 2021 and possibly even longer-term plans and goals uh, for the mine? For Guanacivi in particular? Yeah, Guanacivi in particular. Okay, well, thanks for your question, Marcus. Uh, on the financial side, maybe I'll let Dan answer. Uh, well, we haven't come out with 2020 guidance uh, just because of the COVID situation in Mexico where COVID cases are continuing to rise. Uh, but otherwise, if we can continue to operate, we are an essential business in Mexico. We'd continue to operate close to the 1,200 ton per day capacity. So we'll be slightly below the 1,200 days, 1,150 with similar um, grades to what we originally guided for the year. <clears throat> but ultimately, we expect that same capacity and similar grades into 2021, uh, if you're trying to predict that, Marcus. All right, excellent. So if, yeah. I, um, if, I, could add, if I could add to that, uh, uh, what Dan's saying is that the, everything uh, based on site is, is going according to plan or better, but off-site concerns such as stopping COVID at the gates um, keeping high-risk people at home so we actually have a depleted workforce because particularly the contractors can't maintain the level of employment that uh, we require. Uh, we're still a little bit concerned that we'll be able to uh, outperform on a continued basis. So this is just being careful. Um, but uh, uh, everything that we control on site is doing better than planned. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And then uh, sort of on that note, uh, if we asked you to guess, do you have a dollar figure regarding the impact of COVID-19 uh, through today? And do you have an estimate of sort of projected expenditures related to COVID that uh, have not yet been incurred thus far? Yeah, as far as costs that not yet been incurred, I think we've incurred <clears throat> everything from a COVID standpoint. We were shut down for remote or all of April and a little bit of May which ended up being about $800,000, but most of that was standby costs. The costs incurred to bring in wash stations, increase security, get metal equipment, uh, was really incurred in April, uh, March and April, and then ultimately it's the testing kits that we have on site that is the continued cost. So it's actually quite little. You're talking about 100, 100, 125 grand on a quarterly basis. Um, so small impact. At each operation uh, going forward, it's just the larger impact of COVID that uh, is a bigger concern for us. Uh, there's other things that because of COVID, we've seen a decrease in costs, such as travel uh, to and from sites. Um, so even that the increased medical cost, so to speak, has probably been offset a little bit by efficiencies just using Zoom and Teams and, and, and reduced workflow. Eventually, maybe that will catch up. To all mines that are operating that way, but we seem to be managing pretty well. And I think right, we great. are able to utilize our existing workforce, the security. Uh, we haven't really had to beef up much. Um, you know, they're doing more, obviously, with temperature and questionnaires and and uh, all of that, uh, with every person coming and going at the gates of each mine. 
but it didn't require a, a significant increase in security. Same thing with sanitation. We probably hired a few more bodies to do a lot more sanitation, uh, but it wasn't a big number. Perfect. All right. Thanks for taking my questions, guys. Our next question comes from Joseph Ragor of Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead. Uh, morning, guys. Thanks for taking the questions. Um, Hi, Joe. Uh, just okay. So, um, on the G&A level, uh, when I looked at the breakdown, it looks like you know salaries, wages, and benefits was you know up quite a bit in the quarter. Is is that just like a one-time thing because of the shutdown? You had to move some G&A you know, cost from the mine level up to the corporate level? No, actually, Joe, it's down here. The G&A movement was actually uh, marked to market on deferred share units. Uh, a lot of our directors are paid in deferred shares. And under IFRS, we have to mark that to market. So it's a function of our share price going from about $2.14 Canadian uh, up into the 4 I want to say almost $5 range at the end of the quarter. So we have a $1.1 million salary charge related just to that mark-to-market. Okay, but it's non-cash, right? So Non-cash. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess the way to think about it is is if the stock, uh, you know, is higher again, there might be another one this quarter, but, it, you know, just back it out of our cash flow statement. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, then on, you know, obviously with the ATM, you, you, you guys raised a good amount of money, balance sheets a lot stronger than it was at the end of last quarter. Do you, do you guys think you have enough capital to, to now go out and, you know, fund Terranera via, you know, debt only in addition to here? Or do you, you know, do you still think there might be an equity component to that in addition to what you've already raised? Um, and, you know, any, Use, you know, what is it, two and a quarter million on the AT? Uh, thanks for your question, Joe. It's Brad. Um, I don't think we've changed how we plan to finance Terranera. It's still going to be a debt equity mix. Uh, the timing and amounts are still, uh, you know, somewhat uh, up to debate. But uh, with the new capex on Terranera of around a hundred million dollars, it does make it a lot uh, more financeable project. And um, ideally, it would be like a 35-65 equity debt split. So uh, that's the plan. Uh, We have launched into um, commissioning a feasibility study. We hope to actually grant the the study to an engineering firm uh, by the end of August, early September. Uh, And uh, it will be less than a year from then uh, to complete that study. Uh, Because of the, the, the hot markets, we may not need to wait to put the financing in place. Uh, that was the original plan when, when gold was and solar prices were beat up in March. Uh, we were thinking, well, we'll just go to feasibility and worry about financing later. But obviously, the markets have responded very robustly to the global uh, monetization of uh, uh, COVID, shall we say. And uh, as a result, the markets are definitely open. So. Um, timing still to uh, be determined, but uh, 35-65 debt uh, equity debt split is is still the plan. Our next question comes from Justin Stevens of PI Financial. Please go ahead. 
Morning, guys. Uh, most of my questions have been crossed off here. So just a couple on uh, some more sourcing, though. Um, so at once the V, uh, how's the development of Santa Cruz sewer going? I know it was uh, running a bit behind schedule, um, but are you guys getting close there? Uh, thanks, Justin. This is Godfrey. Um, we uh, we were a bit behind in uh, Q2, but we've actually managed to uh, to catch up. And the ore split right now is uh, a third from Malache, a third from Curso, and a third from Santa Cruz Sur. So we've uh, we've got some uh, very nice grades coming out of Santa Cruz Sur at the present time. And that and so that's pretty steady now. Um, that'll be the plan, I guess, going forward for at least the next few quarters here. It was about one third, one third, one third. Yeah, that's that's the plan for the last year. Perfect. Uh, great. Now that's that's what, uh, what I like to hear. Um, and then just uh, over on the Bolonito side, um, I think I think Brad, you said that you're you're currently mining from San Miguel, um, but you're getting into Melodito. Is that is that what I heard? Uh, yeah, the plan is to be a de we're developing towards Melodito right now, and we expect to be in there in Q4. So we'll have some uh, cell development um, mineral coming from there in Q4. Great. Um, yeah, and then the, the, I guess I mean Brad, you you sort of touched on it there, but um, just the sort of the do you guys have an idea internally of what your tipping point might be in terms of uh, I guess silver price. Um, or sort of cost of capital that would make you sort of move ahead with the Terranera decision, development decision before the feasibility study? Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be price sensitive. We're way in the money on price. Uh, that was on the old prices, not the, not today's price. I think the determinant yeah. factor on timing is simply um, are the markets uh, sufficient to finance the project and are there some long lead items that are uh, project director is is happy that he'd be willing to start breaking ground, for instance, uh, before the feasibility study is finished. So those are questions we hope to answer here very quickly in the coming weeks uh, and uh, give some clarity on timing um, uh, in the next, well, hopefully this quarter. Great. All right, that's it for me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your questions. Our next question comes from Bhakti Pavani of Alliance Global Partners. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my questions and congratulations on the quarters. Um, Thank I you, Bhakti. Dig, I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into uh, Gwanesavi. I know Dan kind of previously alluded on the grade profile, but the grade for both silver and gold uh, increased uh, quite a bit in second quarter compared to first quarter of this year. So from the modeling perspective, what would be the best, uh, you know, way to model the grades uh, for bonus V going forward? Uh, hi, back to you. This is Godfrey. Um, yeah, our grades did uh, come up, um, and that was a result of uh, mining from Curso and, and uh, actually even getting some uh, high-grade material from Santa Cruz Um You know, what we're, we're still planning on the... Uh, budgeted grades, which is which was lower than what we actually mined in Q2, but um, we do expect, uh, so continue with those grades and uh, maybe get a little bit higher grades. Got it. Okay. Uh, and, and secondly, you know, you did uh, previously mention about the 
increase in covid cases in mexico uh, i know everything is uncertain at this point but uh, how are you preparing yourself in case there is a second shutdown are you doing anything in particular hi back to you scott for again um we are very diligent at uh, uh checking everybody as they come onto site and checking everybody on a daily basis so we um we've stopped a few cases um at the uh, at the gate and turned people back and and send them for um further evaluation at some of the clinics um so we're just we're just being extra cautious um so far um we've had a few cases occur at our operations but um we've been very very successful in in making sure it doesn't spread very quickly got it and and in terms of mind planning and mind development has there been any changes uh no the mind planning and development is has continued we we were able to up uh increase the speed of some of the development at Polonitos which was uh holding us back in Q1 and Q2 uh so that's that's catching up and our development at uh Guanasavis uh, been going very well All right uh thank you very much that's it from my side Thanks for your questions This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. Cook for any closing remarks. Well, thank you operator and thanks all for listening today. Um as we look forward through the rest of the quarter, we've got some pretty significant catalysts. We've restarted exploration drilling at several sites, specifically Bolonitos, Guanasavi, um uh near El Compas. and uh, we're planning to get started on Terranero this quarter as well. Uh it'll be almost 2 years Godfrey since we drilled Terranero yep. about 2 years. So there's significant upside to be had through drilling uh, additional veins at Terranero and we only stopped drilling 2 years ago because of the desire to go to economic analysis and see if we had enough reserves to to build a mine which we do. Uh and now that uh, we've got the final PFS uh results and they're extremely robust it's time to restart the drills. So that's uh, one catalyst for uh this quarter. Another catalyst obviously is granting the feasibility study to an EPC firm here in the next month and uh, get that uh work underway. In fact, there's some bridge engineering studies already being uh conducted uh, under the auspices of our director of project development Ernesto Lima. Uh so work is already underway on the feasibility level. And uh Dan, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think uh we're in a good position uh going forward especially with the where the silver and gold prices are and provided the operations continue to operate at capacity and where we expect they'll operate especially after putting in significant time and energy into getting them back to what we had historically done especially at Guanasavi and hopefully coming here soon at Bolonitos, we should be in a great position. uh to be able to fund a lot of these programs going forward. Yeah. Godfrey anything to add? No, but uh, we'll just continue uh continue with a steady ship. All right. And I'm busy with Dale on uh various uh, merger and acquisition opportunities, small brownfields one kind of bolt-ons to our existing operations. We're always working on those. Always optimistic and every once in a while we pull the trigger like our deal last year in Guanasavi which really helped to turn around that that operation. Um 
you know, we're looking at uh, bigger opportunities as well, but they always take time and it takes two to dance. So, so um, lots going on, a uh, very catalyst-rich quarter for the company, and uh, boy, what a tailwind for metal prices. I, I do think we're still early in the, the precious metal cycle. Uh, we've probably gone a little bit too far too fast, and so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a minor pullback in the near future, but other than that, I mean, the, the overall overarching uh, direction here is uh, more uh, monetary intervention uh, globally by central bankers, uh, and uh, there's only one direction, I think, that the precious metal prices can go from here. Anyway, that's it from me, uh, Operator. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating, and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.